It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy with your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. Listen in as they discuss a variety of topics, such as serialized television versus episodic, classic TV shows, and Andor. episodic television you say that you uh you feel like you've evolved a little on that and i'm i will say i'm surprised because i didn't uh i didn't necessarily realize your bias or maybe i just forgot because it's been a while since we covered some tv stuff that wasn't avatar <laughs> i th- i think you've uh i think you've forgotten uh in fact when you do your like i don't know if you've been doing any I'll ask you this have you been listening to any of our previous episodes no, no, I haven't. Okay. Um, that's no, that's fine. I just, uh, I just, uh, it just came to my mind. I'm like, oh wait, hang on, you haven't done this in a while. We haven't done this in a while. Yeah, I've been in a massive flurry of editing. At this point, we almost have no bonus episodes left in storage. Ooh, so. looks like we're gonna have to make a few new ones up, eh? Yeah, even the ones that we recorded recently. I we did some at uh, the start of February and. We did another one with Eric, and then I did another one with Eric, and I've already got them all edited. <laughs> Ooh, nice. So I Although... just, yeah, I've not been listening for fun, just for editing, sadly. You haven't released uh, Ultraman yet, though, have you? I know you, I saw him, I saw you released him on YouTube, but I don't know if you released him on Podbean yet, or just podcast or whatever it is. And no, I most definitely have not, and it's not going to be coming out until sometime in April. Noted. Okay. Uh, point, poignant. Um... By the way, just uh, sorry, this is still a little bit of a side trail. Yeah, of course. Uh, did you see that WWE one that I put out? Did you ever look at that? I meant to ask you if you if you were interested. Uh, well, I I saw it. I didn't wa- li- watch it because I mean, like, can I just go back and listen to the one we did on the pod on on Podbean or or no? Uh you you could, but in this new one, I did add all the footage I shot from that night into the video spliced throughout oh what i forgot about that okay no now i'm gonna go watch it okay (laughs) thanks i completely forgot about that yeah i don't know how well i did i'm not particularly good at video editing but i did try to whenever we brought up a certain match i would splice in bits of footage of that match you filmed that wait when yeah when we were watching the uh, the matches i would always take little clips like maybe like 20 30 seconds of video oh shoot okay I didn't catch all of them, sadly. No, that's, but I did. that's fine. I guess I, that's how like clueless I was, because I was, or how focused I was on the match. I didn't even like yeah. turn, I, or I turned to you every time you had your camera like off, or yeah, or, maybe yeah, your phone out. <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, and I wasn't even planning to use it for anything. It was just like, oh, I, I actually have all this sitting here. Maybe I'll just splice it in. Yeah, might as well. No, that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, I'll give it a, I'll give it a watch. Uh, you're, I'm, did you do anything with uh, any interesting stuff with? uh the ultraman one like images from like the movie if we don't get copyright. no yeah i was worried about that and we actually did get a copyright claim on the wwe one but i saw that they were that they were fine with having the roman reigns theme that's what got it okay interesting i thought yeah i thought you would have muted all that stuff but i guess yeah for because they're notorious like once again they're one of the other companies that are notorious for like uh, making sure that like their their footage, I guess, isn't like on YouTube by somebody else other than them. Yeah, I did mute the majority of it, but a couple times where it seemed uh, fitting, I left in the audio. Uh, fair enough. Oh, but where were we? Uh, oh yeah, sorry. Episodic television. Episodic. Oh yes, yes. Well, I mean, yeah, a lo- large amount of DC animated universe by Bruce Timm, Paul Dini, and and company. Um, that's all that's all serialized mm. uh albeit there is some like uh continuations and follow-ups with like 
and, and well, not a plots, but like maybe some stuff happening in the background. I think it isn't until Unlimited where it like starts getting more, you know, like uh, is it serialized television or am I, or is it episode? No, because episodic is one and done, but serialized is continuation, right? Yeah, that's where it gets confusing because the modern usages are different. Because the serialized format back in the day could mean either like one serial, like one series that's a continuing story that's just episode after episode all connected. Yep. Or you get things like Doctor Who, which is a mix of serial and episodic because one season would have like four serials. Each serial is its own distinct thing, but they would be like four episodes long and then the next one would start with almost no continuation from the previous uh, serial. Okay. If that makes sense. <laughs> no, I, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, but now when they say serialized television, yeah, they mean a, a show with just one long arc running throughout the whole thing. Yes, for for instance, uh, there's Star Trek, uh, the original series, and then for like episodic, and then for serialized yeah. in our modern sense, I guess you'd say Breaking Bad, The Walking Dead... Uh, Game of Thrones, I think those are three examples. I think obviously it is more, but those are three, like, I guess, pop culture examples and ones that are in the zeitgeist that people understand. Yep. Yeah, and it gets more confusing because modern Doctor Who is technically a mix of episodic and serialized because most of the season is comprised of individual episodes that only very loosely tie into, like, character building, and occasionally they'll throw in, like, a buzz phrase like bad wolf and they'll be like wait bad wolf that popped up somewhere else what does that mean huh. and then at the very end of the show it'll that'll be the big plot at the end i think that's terrible serialized writing by the way buzz phrases is not story building <laughs> but sorry don't get me started <laughs> doctor trust me uh, <laughs> one day we'll be visiting doctor who but the old stuff the good stuff don't worry <laughs> and you can actually praise it um so avatar using avatar as an example there's mm. like that's that's serialized but there's also episodic stuff as in filler <laughs> ah so that's what episodic means filler got it <laughs> so this means that star trek uh the original series is all filler got it <laughs> skip <laughs> yeah and it does have yeah those that's that's kind of the confusing thing with the serialized format is yeah, when they do include just fun one-off episodes, people do call them filler and kind of discount them. But I don't think there's any less value in just a, a fun one-off episode like that. Yeah, I just, I, I, I just, in fact, one of my, like, I think this is a standard for everybody, but, you know, one, like, a Japanese animated TV show I love is Cowboy Bebop. No surprise there. Uh, and that pretty much, like, save for, like, let's see... So one, I think it's five or six. I think it might be five. Oh no, that was when Faye was introduced. Six, 13, and then like 23 and 24, so 25 and 26. So like, like, there's only five episodes that actually like continue the entire story. And the mm. rest are all just like standalone episodes, like serialized. And somehow it works for me. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, and you'll definitely, you can definitely hound me when we do that on the other channel eventually, because somehow that works for me, and I don't know, somehow I, I don't know why it bothers me with, like, comic book characters, it's weird. Yeah, and I've always, I've always been a big advocate for returning to the episodic television, so I feel like in, especially the modern era, it's almost solely reserved for, um like long-running cartoon shows like comedies and that's about it i mean sitcoms are almost all episodic yep but drama sci-fi all of it's just been completely devoured by serialized television i don't think that's i think it's kind of killed casual viewing to some extent for those kind of programs <sighs> yeah you're right because you you said this best you say it again like why why is it you what, what do you think the pros to episodic television are? Well, yeah, I, uh, I, I like the, the element of a fresh start. You know, you, we come into an episode and it's just kind of okay. I don't have to worry about this long-running arc. And especially with, again, i sorry, but uh, something like New Doctor Who, where the majority of their series-long arcs, arcs are just god-awful. And when I watch episodes that tie into them, 
it leaves a sour taste because I'm like, I just want to watch this fun episode. I don't want to think about all that baggage, just terrible stuff. Just give me the fun episode. Good word. Good use of the word. And so, yeah, that's, you know, when I go back and I watch an episode of TNG, most of those episodes are just kind of one-offs so you can enjoy. And I also think when they do tie in, like when there's a character thing, like uh, Captain Picard with his Lacutus aboard thing, that only came up like maybe two or three times after that. And when it did come up, it was more rewarding because it was like, oh, interesting. We're, we're building on his character more. It's not like this big plot that it's just been building over and over again, which can be kind of kind of bog you down a little bit. Uh, uh, what's the program? Uh, <laughs> Star Trek Strange New Worlds. They had this plot with this, this little daughter, kind of like a hidden secret plot. I'm not going to spoil too much about it. Whenever it would pop up, it'd be kind of like, ah, uh, like, I don't really want to be here for this. I kind of want to just be in the episode. I don't really want this, this emotional touch point that keeps popping up over and over again. It's just, it, it starts to lose effect after a while. It's like, okay, when are we just going to end this part of the plot? So I like a fresh start, a, a clean slate of just, we have our baseline element that that's what the show is. And then each new episode is more of a story-driven uh, piece that the characters are just a vehicle to move us through. That's what I love about classic Doctor Who. Every time it was a fresh start, a new planet, new group of characters, new story. The only thing constant is our vehicle characters, the Doctor and his companion, arriving to carry us through this plot. I, I love that format. So it's largely story over character, eh? Yeah, and, and maybe I am someone who prefers more story-driven than character stuff. That could be true. That's so strange. That is so weird for you to say that. <laughs> Given that sometimes you like character drama. Uh, good character drama, I'd be, I'll be, excuse me. Yeah, and I'm, I'm a different beast when it comes to television. In general, I'm not a huge fan of television. I find the, the long-running story arcs, even though sometimes they can be much more fulfilling, I find them uh, too much cost of entry. Like, I don't necessarily want to sit down for... You know, in order to get the story, I have to sit down and watch 10 hours of television. Ah, that's a long time. You know, and I'd rather, if I want to get a really strong character drama, I'd rather just sit down for like a two hour, two hour, two and a half hour long movie. And just keep kind of digging up the same stuff over and over again for a 10 hour TV show. <laughs> you're onto something. You're, you're, you're hitting it right there. I think that's it right there is know the medium. Yeah. The art form itself. I like what you're saying. This is good. This is good. Okay, so each in, in, so episodic characters could just basically like okay, maybe I'm going a little too wild with this, but like they could do something. I think they, they could do something, and at the end of the episode, it's basically just forgotten, and we continue on to the next episode. How do you you have to structure that so that like there's no consequences? That's like basically consequence free by mm -hmm. the end of the episode, right? Because that can't carry through over to the next episode, right? So that's the hard part with episodic television is yeah. that like how how do you not make can somebody at the end of an episode be morally reprehensible and then bam status like just goes back to the status quo. Yeah, that's where subtle consistency comes in to effect. Okay. Where I feel like things should more inform performance rather than like overall character drama. Uh, TNG for instance would always do these fun little like spotlight episodes. Okay, here's Jordy He's having some problems with Dayton girls. He's got this confidence issue. And we're just going to take this episode to explore that. And then at the end, Jordy's got this little bit of confidence built into him again. And that's something that you don't really need to pick up on all that often. And when you do pick up on it again, it's more just performance to kind of... He's more elevated in that way. So I think just attention to detail is what you need for that kind of stuff, but not going too far where it's a dramatic character change unless that's an arc that you can resolve either the episode that it's in or a few episodes like you know like a three-parter or something okay but always try to get back to a template that's easy to uh easy to follow and easy to replicate going forward interesting so status quo is a good thing in episodic television you can't break the status quo interesting yes yeah that's very important okay given that some people hate status quo <laughs> Yes, and I there's a reason why episodic television has effectively died. <laughs> I think a lot of people don't like it. Yes. Uh, I disagree. I think, and I feel like people don't realize 
the fact that a lot of TV stuff just doesn't have the same staying power as it used to. When we would have that template that was reliable, that you, you could tune into almost any episode of TNG and know where you're at. Something like Lost. If you watch like the first three seasons and you're like, oh, I heard the show's ending. Oh, I'm going to tune in for the last few episodes, see how it goes. Oh, you'd be completely lost. And that happened to me with uh, BSG. I watched the first two seasons when they were on, and I kind of fell off during the third one. And I tuned in again at the end, and I was just like, holy fuck, everything's so different. I have no clue what's going on. And I was just so perplexed, and I didn't... I watched the finale, and I was just like, ah, like I don't feel any rev resonance. I didn't feel any rev resonance at all. It was just complete confusion. And you could argue maybe that's, like, may maybe I'm just from an older model. And, you know, going through that kind of long-term journey with characters on a serialized basis is much more enriching. Uh, that, that could very well be. Most of the really long-running shows, I didn't stick with them all the way to the end. I just, I'm, I'm not a big TV guy. <laughs> I always fall off. So, so having an easy-to-follow template that I could always jump into... I find a much more digestible experience for me. Yes, hence comic books. Uh, or at least, mm. you know, maybe depends on the comic, modern comic book now, but like yeah, early comics, that was literally all it was. It wasn't just, it wasn't always just story arcs, but my friend can, do, do you think like comic books are also a good place to um, do, uh, do, continuous or yeah a serialized storytelling serialized yes okay. yeah definitely well actually you can do both i think it lends itself to both eh? it does it lends itself to a good mix okay so you can do subtle building in the background building up to a big arc and then you kind of go back down and start doing the building again but or, still having the episodic stuff in the in the kind of meantime correct or you can do instead uh you can be the writer of a serialized so you can have your own run on Batman and do you know episodic and then if you wanted to do like a graphic novel or like a mini series or a limited series whatever they're called um, that's outside the continuity uh, that tells like a, a dramatic story of some sort that like does kind of change the character but is separate from the continuity you can do that too um, mm -hmm. that that is in, that is pretty interesting uh, with with comics I mean it's a it's a nice medium I mean I think the Japanese have also figured that out and for pit's sakes heavy metal is just like episodic isn't it oh yeah like the magazine yep the magazine sorry heavy metal the uh, heavy moron excuse me as uh, as it is in French yeah that's even more so it's basically an anthology book because every magazine would be filled with multiple stories and the majority of them wouldn't be followed up upon later they're just kind of one-off pieces so it is weird though like my joke earlier about like like attention spans being low right now, uh, currently in, in our in our day, it is weird how people can invest themselves in serialized television, not episodic. That's so weird, isn't it? Like it seems it wouldn't. It, it, like one shouldn't fit with the other. Yeah, and the thing is, is I don't know who's driving the market to change it that way. I don't know if it's creators themselves, writers, wanting to be. I think maybe the low episode count makes them want to have a more focused lens for their stories. I guess so. And yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what's why the models change the way it has, but but I will give another knock to uh, serialized television. For instance, me and Brianna watched the show Lock and Key on Netflix. We watched the first season when it aired, then we tuned in for the second and third. And by the time we got to the fourth, when it when it finally came back, I was like, you know. I, I kind of don't really remember what happened in season one and two, and they gave a they gave a little a little bit of a package like okay here's the recap for the whole series, but with a show like that, I mean it, I feel like if you're not waiting until the show's done and then watching all the episodes, you're not really going to get the same effect that they the creators want you to have because so many of the details vital details have kind of been lost in the weeds a little bit. And they always try with their recaps if they're like, okay, here's the important bits that you need to remember. But just kind of being like, oh yeah, I have a vague memory of that happening isn't going to really give you the resonance that you need. So, so I feel like that's another knock to very strict serialized television is if you have a long-running series, it's going to be hard for people to really keep up with everything, at least for me. I know there's some folks who will be like, oh, my new favorite show is coming out. I'm just going to binge watch the whole series to watch this finale. 
I, I just don't have time for that or the, the bandwidth of energy to do that. Yeah, okay. I know where you're going with that. So, like, yeah, if a limited series... So, if Castlevania... I'll just use that as an example. Castlevania comes out, and it's done, you know, episode by episode. So, Netflix releases it each week, like television should be done. Um, but instead, there's that there's person A who will watch it, like, in bits. Like, they will watch, you know, each episode each week. And then you have me, who will just, like, binge the whole thing at the very end. This is similar to comics. If you have, mm-hmm. a, if you have a serialized run... You could keep buying those individual comics, or you could then just wait for them to bring out the graphic novel. Now, mm-hmm. like, there's a difference because in television, like, I mean, you could record them legally or illegally, or you can watch them online all at once. Uh, but if you didn't, if you were being legit, if you were actually, per- like, you could either, like, buy the, uh, the TV show, like, when it gets released, or, like I said, you could buy the graphic novel. So it's, I don't know. It is it is interesting where you can then watch like on on the on the release uh, on the home video release. Excuse me. Uh, you can then like watch the whole thing at your leisure, not episode by episode, but like in like a binge it or whatever. Whereas yeah, with comics, the problem is that with comics and of graphic novels that you're gonna pay for each individual issue, then you're gonna buy the graphic novel, which is itself yeah. some <laughs> total. So like. Television has it a little bit better in that sense because you're not. I mean, unless you're watching it online, then yeah, you're paying for. Then it's the same thing. Never mind, because then you're paying for like ninety nine cents per episode, and the season comes out, it's like twenty dollars. So, okay. <laughs> but to turn the mic around to you, because uh, yes. I feel like you're more on the the serialized television style. Yeah. Well, what are your thoughts there? Thank you. I, you're convincing me. I think you're right. I think it comes down to the writing. I think it comes down to how like smart you can with writing. Because Twilight Zone, man, what mm. a good, what a great episodic piece of television. I never, I never want. There's actually there. I think there is like one or two uh, recurring uh, episodes where it's. Do you remember the mannequin? Or puppet, uh, yeah, the the, the, the yeah, the man, no, not mannequin, uh, ventriloquist. Do you do you ever? I don't know if you watched the show. This is the we're talking about the '60s, like Rod Stewart one, not the '80s, not the Jordan Peele version. But there's there's a ventriloquist dummy who showed up in one episode and then later shows up like either like a season or two later. Oh, so that's kind of like one where the the character comes back, but he's in like a different situation. No, that's cool. No, I've never seen those two. I don't think. Okay. Um... But I would highly, yeah, I, I don't know what it is about, like, with the Twilight Zone or with, like, Perry Mason. Like, well, okay, first off, Perry Mason is not based, like, do not ever think that's how uh, a courtroom drama is going to be. <laughs> but, man, is it a good, like, you know, drama itself and good, it's good theater as well, uh, in a way. Back when, you know, the, the line between theater and television was blurred, which is nice. Yeah, no, I, I definitely enjoy that stuff, too. Yeah. Um, I would certainly want to go, like, every time, like, Perry Mason comes on on you know the the old timers channel. I sorry, but the uh, the, the classics channel. Um, I always watch it. It's just so much fun to watch. I don't I don't know what it is. Uh, I think it's just the the performances as well. Maybe maybe some people. No, I was gonna say maybe some people just don't buy acting anymore. But then why do we have Oscars? <laughs> why 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 is like media still around? Yeah, and to be fair, the the style of uh, acting is much different back then especially on television there was a lot less influence em- emphasis on naturalism and it was more like theatrical acting so, so i think people's tastes have just shifted a little bit yeah the whole like realism uh aspect is postmodernism. grief <laughs> well, like I, I commented because uh, i started watching the hbo uh perry mason which i've fallen off of <laughs> pretty dramatically but watching it, it, it gave me, uh, I thought it was really interesting because it felt very distinctly not from our times, but it also felt like this isn't the shade of humanity that I would see in those old kind of, uh, I was going to say period dramas, but they, they, weren't, they weren't period at the time. They were just uh, from that time. Yeah. But really quality acting in that Perry Mason show, but very different style compared to what you would have gotten back then. Uh, the HBO series. Sorry, we just uh, like we yeah HBO clear. series. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and so you know, it, it's all it's all about preferences, and and I am happy to jump between the two. You know, I, I really like 
naturalism, but I can also really get into that more stagey element. So yeah, I also like the the theatrical a little more sometimes. Uh, now that I think about it, it's I think it's just how it's done and like. Yeah, it's it's who's in charge and who's like running the the whole operation, I'd say. Uh and what the motive is. Yeah, there's something like uh like a a different reality of the stagey acting. Like it almost it it the, the more heightened element of it makes it feel I don't know, it's difficult to explain. There there's like a certain magic to it that sucks you in in a different way. Whereas for example, the new Perry Mason, oh boy, it's it's very dark, has some very strong like uh, emotional scenes that just hit hard and, and that's good for what it is but that's a, creating a different kind of illusion for the audience you know a different kind of reality that i sometimes don't want to experience uh, right before i watched the perry mason show i watched this show called the night of starring riz ahmed brilliant show uh, john Turturro's in it fantastic performance his best work i've ever seen him do but boy it's it is a painful show. It's almost every episode. It was just making me feel like I just wanted to get squished into a ball. It's like, oh fuck, I can't. But when I got to the last episode, I waited about a week to watch it because I was like, I don't think I can experience more of this show. It's and that that's I don't know. Is that is that entertainment? I don't. <laughs> you know, it's it's just diff- different worlds. Yeah, it goes to the whole escapism argument as well of like. And that's, that's what the theater is, is like trying to kind of escape. Well, depends, I guess. Um, yeah. Does, does every show have to be heavy with real world influence? No, it's not. It's not inherently a bad thing. I'm just saying, like, yeah, can we have that or can we divorce ourselves from this and make a fantasy if it's not in the if the intent is not to offend anybody or is, is there just to escape from reality? As, as temporary, excuse me, we're not trying to like live in a fantasy world. That's the wrong idea I'm coming across. Yeah. You need to you need to have, obviously, you need to be a realistic person. I get that. But you also need an escape. Like you need you need a form of escape um, from the deluge of life. All right. Life is messy. You can it can get bogged down. We've got a lot of heavy stuff out there. I'm not denying any of that, but I'm not trying. I sound like Walt Disney, like, let's go to Disneyland. That's not what I'm trying to say. I mean, if that's that's the way to do it, like, fair enough. But, like, I just mean, like, there's a reason art exists, that we've created art. It's a form of escapism in our, like, day and age. From yeah. this capitalist nightmare that we're all trapped in. Even though, you know, capitalists control the art. So, like, what is... They're telling you to, like, feel so the capitalists are... So you'll continually, like, fund this art that the capitalists want. I don't freaking yes <laughs> i'm i'm sorry if i'm like jump like if i'm a mess right now a jigsaw puzzle but like what i'm basically getting at is like yes there should be media that does depict uh the heavy stuff in allegories mm-hmm. uh or just hits you over the head and makes you want to commit suicide i don't know but like i still vouch for the idea of escapist reality like that's what animation's for because animation is fantasy in a way like there's no it's not real like it's not you it's very heightened it looks exciting it's that's why we like theater as well it's exaggerated um it's just fun Mm -hmm. like that's that's what we want to do and you're right in a way that episodic television can make you do that perhaps for me i have just not gone out of my way to find ones that make me feel alive in that sense and make me feel like i want to see this next episode even though it has nothing to do with the previous one yeah that's also one of the the great things about columbo um is Columbo is similar to Doctor Who. He's the vehicle that carries us through that series. There's almost no other continuing characters except for like little bit cops that we'll see for, you know, a few episodes here or there. But really he's the the centerpiece and we just use him to enter all these different worlds. And I think that's that's really cool and even if you get to one where you're like, "Oh, you know, this seems very different from the usual format. Like this this almost makes me uncomfortable that it's so different." There's still that comfort of your friend Columbo that you spent so much time with kind of guiding you through. So I, I think I think that is the, the ultimate value of having that kind of format for television. It gives it's almost like a comfort element, having that familiarity with the format. 
Yeah, and like when you said like you know familiar characters like like his entourage almost like you got you got your recurring characters basically like that's I mean that's I think that's standard in episodic television like you'll 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 see that in like Toss or I guess Seinfeld. Yeah, different in Columbo in the sense that there's very few, and most of them are are incredibly minor. They'll come with him on a case and hear their their name every now and again thrown out, but almost no one is a recurring character except for Columbo and his his dog, really. Thanks, and I, I guess his car. Yeah, in his car, yeah, and in in his brown paper bag. Yeah, <laughs> and his cigar, or I guess it's a different cigar every time, but still, it's a cigar. Yeah, and again, the the true value of a show like Doctor Who, which I think is almost completely unique, is the fact that Luke explores so many different interesting worlds. And the the only real recurring factor is the fact that the Doctor is going to it. Some of them will just be completely strange and out of nowhere. A couple of them get, like, incredibly surreal and just like, what the hell is going on? Like, how did we get here? This is Doctor Who. But we still have that comfort factor of the Doctor's there to kind of give us exposition and explain, like, what the hell is going on. And so, I I don't know, I, I think there's an element of the serialized format that kind of leaves you stuck in a place. If you have this story that's ongoing, I don't feel like you can get so many random elements just tossed at you in that way. And there's not that element of each week going in, not having any clue what you're going to get, like you would get with classic Star Trek as well. So I feel like that kind of box of chocolates excitement that those old shows presented isn't really around necessarily as much anymore uh, strange new worlds tried to do that and i think they had some some fun experiments in that way but across the the tv landscape i, I feel like that's missing a little bit but maybe in anime i don't know <laughs> i don't watch a lot of anime <laughs> that's that's fair uh did you say did, or did i did i say or mention like the writing aspect of like I feel like writing episodic television's harder. No, no, you didn't. Um, that could be. It could be. Like, yeah, especially given the format. If we're talking like, hmm. like if we're talking, especially like, I think depending on like the culture, that also depends. Like, I don't know how long it like with British television. Like, how how off how long the series of Doctor Who? Yes, I said it. The series were. And I mean old old who, by the way. Oh, um, well, it depends what eras. In the sixties, the seasons could be like upwards like forty episodes, with maybe like six or seven different serials. Um, so and then and then going forward, it started to slim down. I think by the end, they only had four serials per season, and those were anywhere from four to three episodes. So, so that's not too long. I would ask how many like of them were duds, but at the same time, that's subjective. <laughs> so that's there's not a clear answer. It is subjective, and Doctor Who fandom is highly divided, especially by those last years. Again, <laughs> all fandoms are toxic. No one is greater than the other. Yeah, don't forget I'm the weirdo, according to Eric, who uh, who loves almost all of Doc- classic Doctor Who and doesn't like most of new Doctor Who. So I feel like I'm not the right lens for... Because uh, the, the seventh Doctor, one of the most hated Doctors, is my second favorite Doctor. So I, I feel like I'm just in a different realm than most of the Doctor Who fans. And unfortunately, his like his opinions are bleeding into me. So like because he's my only source, next to like Eric and Sean, he's my only source to Doctor Who. Like I kind of believe him because who else am I? Like I don't, I don't go out of my way to look at this stuff. I don't even know where to start. So I just go, but again, I have a reverence for the old stuff as well. So like, or for like 60s television, like I said, the Twilight Zone, Perry Mason. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, I kind of like probably would enjoy Doctor Who a lot. S- sorry, Toss as well. Star Trek to- Toss. I forgot to mention that TNG. It's never on though. I, I, I really wonder when like uh, the classic channel uh, TV station is going to play TNG. Like mm. I feel like it's gotten to that moment, right? Like I feel like, come on, if they're playing... The A-Team, which is set in the 80s, which is also a really good episodic show, even if it is over the top. And like MacGyver, I don't know if they play MacGyver or not. They should be playing TNG. Maybe they just can't get the rights. That's another thing. Could be. It's all over streaming now. Netflix and Crave has it. I guess it is, eh? Never mind. Yeah, so. Ignorance. (laughs) Oh, but do we have anywhere else to go before we 
yeah, kind of wind this down to our, our next project there. Well, I, I will say at least this. This maybe not on, I'll say, okay, I'm going to set the record straight. Um, I never get annoyed with him. I'm going to call Sean and Eric out, like, sorry, Isaac, like, we're going to talk about that. That's fine. That's fine. We talk about Star Wars so often, like, I think I can forgive you guys bringing up Doctor Who. Like, I don't get bogged <laughs> down by it, even though I, it's the same thing. Uh, Caleb hates New Who, and yeah, and this is what Eric thinks about New Who, and blah, blah, blah. I know. I, I, I wouldn't say hate. I'm, I'm sorry. To, okay, to sorry. <laughs> Strongly dislike. I know. I'm, I got a little hyperbolic there. I got in the moment. I meant to say hyperbolic. It's like, you, I can't say I don't care. It's I I care little for this. That's that's the pr- appropriate response. Yes. Yeah, that's that's fair. You care little for Doctor Who, yet what I'm fascinated by is that you're still going to like hate watch it. Or strongly dislike watch it, which I'm just like... But I don't. That's the, that's the craziest thing is I don't hate watch it. I tune in every episode being like, okay, I'm going to try my best to like this one. <laughs> I never, ever hate watch Doctor Who. That <laughs> is the definition of insanity. <laughs> it is. And I don't even do it with Star Trek. If it wasn't for Eric's podcast, I would not be watching any of the new Star Treks. But I tune in every season, every episode for Doctor Who with a new slate. Like, okay... Just give me something to latch on to here. And that's why every now and again I do find ones that I really like and will latch on to. And it makes me, it's, maybe I'll cut this, but I don't know. I find myself in a really funny place on Eric's podcast because we do Doctor Who coverage. And most of them um, are pretty much, like, they hate the current era of new Doctor Who much more than I do. Because I hate the whole entirety of, or I dislike the whole entirety of new Who. Strongly dislike and so I always feel like I need to be the moderate to point out the things that are good about this stuff. Of course, yeah, that's that's fair. <laughs> and so here I am, the person who dislikes New Who the most, and I'm constantly defending it by th- in front of them. Yeah, it's a very strange position to be in. I'll be uh, I'll be like that with Star Wars in ten years. <laughs> but, oh, that's uh, funny. <laughs> for chance of being behind. That's another thing. Maybe my morals are a little bit askew potentially, where. I'm like, if I don't like something, I'm not gonna just continue to watch it. Like, I just, yeah. I just won't. Uh, I, I maybe I don't want to say I have standards, but like, I'd rather do something else than that. Maybe that's an autistic thing where I'm just like, I just have a strict set of rules. Like, it sounds like I'm very black and white. I, I'm trying not to be. I swear, I'm trying <laughs> to understand gray areas and moral compromise and confusion there and all that stuff in the middle. But like, I don't know. I just if I don't like something, I won't watch it. And so like, you know, another, I guess Star Wars is a good example with all their you know, episodes. The reason I don't watch the Mandalorian is not because it's, uh, ser- would you say the Mandalorian serialized? Um, mixed... hey, season one, how let's go with season one, for instance, that's another like mix of doctor who style of serialized television. Okay. Yeah. Where it kind of bleeds up to its big conclusion, but it's episodic in between. So, with with the Mandalorian, I'll use that as an example because it's still like you know the hot, the hot ticket item right now, and you know oh, very, yeah. very influential. Uh, I will say I think everybody on, like like making the show is having fun doing it. I think it's written I think well. Uh, maybe no, I don't, I don't know if I could, actually I don't know if I could say that, but I think people are having fun writing it. I can't. Yeah, that's what I'll say. Like people are having fun writing it. I don't know if there's any controversy behind the scenes. Like if anybody's diddled anybody, like oh, no. in a in a like uh, power move or physically. I, I hope not because you know I had this thought the other day of like you know Big Brother is the idea of like all media or, or like these these like conservative. It, like old men are wa- like watching everybody. They like like state security and whatnot, and have like the state under the thumb. I could sort kind of see that idea of Big Brother being turned into like a liberal side, like the extreme left yeah. side of like where I know this is out of nowhere, but like where somebody has the insane idea of like, well, everybody's got something bad to hide, right? Like somebody's uh, assaulted somebody. Uh, somebody's beat up somebody, so we have to because with social media now we have to like expose these people. Does that make sense? It's almost like the opposite side. Or am I just nuts? Were you saying Big Brother like the TV show or Big Brother like the the metaphorical the concept? Yeah, the metaphorical concept from 1984 of like always watching, like they have cameras everywhere, and it's 
like that's the conservative side of like you know the the, the old white old men want control over everybody so that it goes their way this way it's like the extreme liberal again pardon me if i'm saying liberals but like they would want everybody's secrets exposed because that way uh we could know who's nice and not and who's like a genuinely good person <laughs> i think there's many people that would argue that's what cancel culture has turned into cancel culture is big brother interesting i don't necessarily agree because as you know i don't really think cancel culture is necessarily a real thing i think it's an internet phenomenon Many people will disagree with you on that, but you're right. <laughs> I think it bleeds into real life only when the public pressure is strong enough. I mean, uh, I have so many <laughs> pieces of, of evidence to prove that in many ways cancel culture is just a marketing uh, monster. Um, and whenever there's enough money involved and the marketing goes the other way, then cancel culture isn't convenient and it's thrown out. The fact that The Flash is being released and marketed as heavily as it is I think is another piece of evidence in my camp that cancel culture is just bullshit. <laughs> I mean, you could also say it's a modern day version of uh, the Red Scare. A lot of people would say it is. I would argue that that is a gross misrepresentation of what the Red Scare was. <laughs> I know. Yes, I know. Sorry if I like. Uh, and me and Eric, Eric is one of those people who would argue that they're comparable, and I, me and him, butt heads on that constantly because I, I did not listen to anything and like get that from that was independent of him that was yes. just a coincidence i said that i didn't mean that in the same way because the red scare was quite you know disturbing and, and what happened and he's not the only one it, it has been a very common uh trope to compare the two and people will be like oh how could leftists not see the irony that they become the, the house of un-american activities committee <laughs> the very thing they they chose to hate i think the fact that they point that out and they're representing that the conservative side literally called themselves the house of an american activities committee and were using the government to punish their political enemies we've never seen anything like that from the left here and so that that's it's just i think it's a i, I just don't think it's at all a comparable thing but but i understand why people would think that if especially yeah. people who haven't really looked into it too much because they seem like they would be comparable, but they weren't. <laughs> it does make me seem like I'm it, 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 saying going through that whole thing. It, it makes me sound like I. If you present me with any evidence, I'll just automatically believe it. That's dangerous. That's really bad for me. No, no. Like I don't have any independent thoughts, and I like just go with what somebody tells me, and I just believe it like carte blanche. Even though I should be like a little more, as a matter of fact, but well, too, as a matter of fact, of like, oh, okay, I guess you're right. Well, to be fair, have you like read much about the the Hawk trials or the Hollywood blacklist or you know the Red Scare in general? Is that something you? No, exactly. no, I don't educate. I'm, I'm ignorant. There we go. No, and that's I mean why it's you know it, it happened many many years ago. That's not that culturally relevant. Me in particular, I just have an obsession with it. Um, most of the films that I like from Italy, especially the ones from the '60s, were all in reaction to people who were had to go to Italy because they'd been cast out uh, of Hollywood. There you go. That was really my starting point of interest. That's where, yeah, that's that's where it uh, all stemmed from, of course, because you're like, huh, why are all these guys going to Italy? Therefore, you look it up. Therefore, you're like, you keep looking into it and you go through this rabbit hole and it's like, oh, this is so ugly. What the heck? Incredibly ugly. And again, there's never been any trials where they're marching up Hollywood producers or directors or actors. Uh, point out these people and let's get them Let's ban them from Hollywood and potentially let's throw them in jail. A couple of years ago, I read uh, uh, Kirk Douglas's book on the making of Spartacus, which was subtitled uh, The Breaking of the Hollywood Blacklist, because he did break it. He made Spartacus in 1959, and it was a huge scandal that he was hiring someone who was barred from making films in Hollywood. And reading that book and hearing about just how hideous so much of that stuff was, people who killed themselves... Because their whole reputations were ruined and they found out that their friends were these people that they couldn't trust who stabbed them in the back. People who were sitting in prison <laughs> writing scripts that were sent, that were being sent to Hollywood written under different names and then not being allowed to accept awards for their scripts because they were sitting in jail. There's nothing like that in the current cancel culture. It's just, I just, I really don't think that they're, it's a fair comparison. 
Yeah, no, I think you're right. And the fact that these people don't know that, again, I mean, then also we don't know other things that they know. So it's ignorance everywhere. Uh, the fact that, like, you know, it's it's the, it's the what we've discussed before, where it's like, we only know of recent history of, like, the last five years, and that's it. We don't think of, like, beforehand, like, human history is, like, is mm-hmm. cursed to repeat itself, but it's forgotten about, so, like... That's why archaeology exists, and that's why it's important to <laughs> reflect on the past and look to it as a cautionary tale of how to proceed forward to not make the same mistakes. But we're humans, so we're going to make mistakes either way. We just have to find a way to like minimize the amount of mistakes and make it less ugly. <laughs> that's very fair. I feel like that's the best, the best we can do going forward. <laughs> of course, that's a completely different tangent that we went on because I still have to finish uh, my primary question of uh, episodes versus uh, serialized television and that's so shocking that it went from that to that that's quite hilarious yes. actually um, I don't <laughs> remember what my yeah of course uh, what it was, it's off topic uh, it's Segway City um, I don't remember what my closing statement was because it was so far, far like, it was so long ago that I couldn't even tell you me neither. Remember it all? Yeah, okay. <laughs> no, uh, other than that, like, I think it is, like, the strength of who's... Yeah, that's what it was. Like, who's who's writing... Uh, who's the one, like, uh, not show... I'm not necessarily saying show running, but um, who's the uh, one behind the scenes? What's their um, agenda? That's what it was. What are the people behind the scenes agendas for the show uh, mm. about? What's... It, for either episodic or serialized television, is it there for the views uh or is it there for actual sophisticated storytelling um Mm. that's that's where i'll leave it at that of like and yeah i i probably do need to be a little more aware of that and less uh ignorant of that but i know i know i i I say these words i'm not gonna put them into practice unfortunately so that's why (laughs) that's why i don't make these statements or at least if i make a statement i have to that's that's the thing with me. I have to practice what I preach, or else, like you know, uh, I I lose all credibility as a as a person. Even even though I'm not trying to be like a leader or anything like that, or a, a, a person looked up to, but it's just like no, you have to. I believe that I have to practice what I preach, and then I can at least be not respected, but at least be seen as somebody who follow, follows their beliefs and sticks to their tenets and standards. Yeah, and it is going to be fun going forward on the bending the elements feed. To cover more television, and yes. uh, yeah, maybe we'll revisit this topic down the road. Yeah, maybe it's another thing of like just to, maybe like different people just do it differently. Like not differently, but, but like some people, yeah. there's a certain type of person that can do it properly, uh, and others who I'm just like I don't know if that works so so well uh, or whatnot. Yeah, I was gonna say for my final words on the the serialized uh, versus episodic. When it comes to miniseries, I think the serialized format works fantastically and and even though they are like a big upfront commitment sometimes you know you can get like a six six uh episode long series that's like what like almost seven hours if they're over an hour long episode or or maybe just six hours i don't know (laughs) i don't know the math but that's an easier thing to digest and having a kind of full story told out almost like a movie but just spread out over that longer length of time you can get some really fantastic drama uh, the Haunting of Hill House recently on Netflix. I guess not recently anymore. That was like five years ago. <laughs> but that's a brilliant series. Um, Chernobyl at HBO. Fantastic miniseries. So so my complaints for serialized television more go for long-form storytelling rather than just kind of one-off short ones. Maniac, by the way, also on Netflix from the same guy who directed No Time to Die. Highly recommend that. Um, the only shame I would say for those miniseries, I feel like a lot of them come out and then just the way the algorithm is set up with Netflix or, or Amazon Prime, those, those kind of streaming services, it's, it's such a shame those series, if, if it's a one-off, they just kind of get buried after their, their brief time in the, the sun, like the few months after they come out and they just fall away and no one ever talks about them again. Yeah, they get lost in the wayside almost. Yeah. And everything else that, you know, it's progress, you know, like you're going to get left behind. Um, which is an awful thing to think about. It's almost like, Caleb, you should recommend to our listeners some 
fantastic series that you're missing on you know, Netflix or a just you know channel. Because mm. again, this is are these stations. That's what they are. The streaming streaming platforms services. They're just you know the television networks of like the '60s or '70s. There's no difference. It's just like now you have to pay for them. <laughs> um, that's what other like you know reviews are for, of course. Uh, yeah. To recommend this stuff, uh, obviously there's websites out there that recommend from person's perspective, of course, and if you trust the person and what they're saying. So maybe I'll ask you that at some point further, you know, throughout the year, sir, is sure. what you recommend for our, our view, our listeners, because, you know, if I think you're right in that, like, a lot of them are being missed, and there's a lot of good stuff out there that's getting kind of pushed away because there's new other stuff that's coming out. So it's, yep. I think our jobs to remind people and tell people, hey, maybe you should go watch this. Like, we're, we're recommending this. Like, why not? Yep. No, that that's that's a good idea. Yeah, very much is our job to do that. Um, yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I, I have to again. I have to. It sounds like I'm just throwing this on you to do, but like <laughs> I thought I'll do it. But if I if I do it, I'm gonna do it. I'll, I will definitely recommend something to people to watch. It probably isn't gonna be sophisticated, knowing my trash taste. But like, um, what I was gonna finish with was I forgot I was mentioning the Mandalorian. Um, mm. just that I think it's a lot of fun like people are having fun making it writing it directing it and whatnot. maybe there's behind the scenes crap that's where I went into the whole tangent maybe there's some behind the scenes drama I have no idea I guess what happened with um, uh, uh, Gina Carano uh, not sure what, what was her name again uh, Carano I think Gina Carano yeah G- Gina Carano thank you yes yeah, pr- pardon me um, no I uh, she uh like that that happened i mean that's i'm not gonna get into that but like you know stuff like that's what i mean by behind the scenes stuff that happened uh even though that wasn't even on the mandalorian that just was her own viewpoints i said i wouldn't get into it but oops (laughs) i guess i'm i'm trying to um make context of like no that wasn't on the mandalorian but my point is is that everything works in that series um the the episodes i think work or maybe the or the, the writing is fun for people to do but there's just something about it that it's not because you know oh it's new star wars it's just that i don't think i buy or at least I, i'm not feeling any of the episodes like you know i you've showed me a few of them and i mean they're all done and all but i just wasn't feeling them man like i just i literally wasn't and that's i i, I really want to make this point of like it was not because i'm biased or anything like that or i have like a, a hate boner for this i just it doesn't. It, it nothing uh, reaches for me, or nothing. Nothing sticks out to me to be like, oh, I gotta watch this again. So, yeah, I, I, it's it's probably a really good series to watch, but I, it just doesn't interest me, and that's okay. And it's and it's not because it's serialized. That's what I also meant to say. It's not because it's serialized that I don't like it. Uh, but for the Mandalorian. Yep. Yeah, no, that's fair, and I I, I feel like I was in a similar boat during this the first season uh less less uh negative to you i was like i can see some some cool potential here but overall no i i think the mandalorian is just an okay show um i think book of boba fett is just an okay show i think obi-wan kenobi is just an okay show (laughs) although the worst of those three um but no the only star trek the only star wars show that rises above and really becomes something that's worth noting is Andor. That is in, in a completely different league than all those other things, and the majority of Star Star Wars in general. Like most of Star Wars has just been derivative, playing on nostalgia, and feels in a lot of ways just like kind of a cartoon show. You know, I feel like The Mandalorian and uh, Book of Boba Fett. I feel like those shows could have been made in the same animation as the Clone Wars. And they would have been a lot less cool. I wouldn't have watched them. <laughs> but I don't think they would have been dramatically different. Andor is not something that could fit into that format. It's far too dark, far too serious. And any sort of uh, kind of stupid Star Wars humor that's thrown in. Even the original series had its moments of stupid Star Wars humor. Chewbacca doing the the uh, Tarzan yell, for example. That's really stupid. Some of 
our uh, C-3PO's lines are just like, oh boy, here we go. Even in the original series. Andor is, there's nothing like that. It is a, a bleak drama with some really cool uh, and really thought out, like inventive uh, sequences and all of them build into this this big dramatic arc. And it's not complete yet. It, it does kind of end in a way where it's not satisfying because the story's not fulfilled. But overall, it, it is the one piece of new Star Wars media post the original trilogy that is more than worth a look. It's it's something that needed to happen, right? Like, it's it's it, is it a story that needs to be told? That's the thing. Is it trying to tell a story? I it's it's feel it is a story that needs to be told in the sense that there's always been a side to Star Wars that was missing. That was the people on the ground. That was the true victims of the Empire. We always were at the perspective of the heroes, and or shifts the view to the people that had to pave the way for heroes to even be able to to fix anything. So it, it is a aspect of the universe that was never really explored. Even though something like Rogue One claims to have tried to explore that, it was, again, surface, not really telling a real story. It was just, in a way, a lip service to a movie rather than a real movie <laughs> or a real story. It's so funny how its prequel is the one to do that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so... Are you saying, Caleb, that Andor? By the way, this is maybe this is like our promo to like the Andor yeah. series, and we'll do it. Um, are you saying that Andor is a prequel series? Now, I don't just mean like a prequel series to you know Rogue One, but it's a prequel series to the original trilogy that actually justifies its existence and adds to the originals. Yes, yeah, long before. I'm sure even long before Disney bought Star Wars, me and you were probably thinking a very similar thing of, man, you know, we, we hear about the Empire being bad, but do we ever really see it? I mean, I think the best example is uh, the original Star Wars. We see some some bits of what it's like, life on Tatooine with the Empire just kind of pr prowling around. But even then, you know we don't really get a full sense of how oppressive the Empire is and how kind of callous and how truly fascist an Empire like that would be. We don't really get to see even the real like cogs of the Empire, the people who have to do the duties of the fascism. Those are all the holes that Andor fills. The first time ever in Star Wars to fill those holes, even though we've had countless media and even I think Eric would would agree. I I haven't seen that stupid uh, Clone Wars show. Maybe I won't say stupid. <laughs> I haven't seen the Clone Wars show <laughs> all the way through, so I don't know if they made some lip service to that stuff there. But it's the first time any live action Star Wars that's addressed that. And again, I don't know about the books. Maybe some books did that too. But again, this is the issue with setting up a universe in this way to have that much random stuff spread out everywhere. That of course, no, not everyone's gonna have access to it so maybe we'll answer this in the andor series but if if when if you ever go back to watch star wars like the original trilogy where would you watch andor would you watch that before or would you watch that in between like four and five? Oh, i would watch it after okay oh after like uh five or four five and six you know me, I'm a I'm a chronological purist. I can't help it. <laughs> That's, wait, no, because you're not gonna watch all the se like. This is just like because you you like the first three. I know the third one's iffy, but like you generally like the first three, uh, like four, five, and six. So where would you yeah. and where would you watch Andor? I would still watch it after the fact. Okay. Fair. Oh, I see. Chronological and not release date. Okay, never mind. Release right. date. Yeah, I always mean release date. Yeah. That's fair. That's, that, you know that makes sense. You're you're, you're right. You're fair. Yeah, it's just the way my mind's programmed. And by the way, I, I will note that Andor, in this, to me, it, it's surprising, but at the same time, it isn't surprising at all. Andor has not been generally received favorably from Star Wars fans. Ooh, okay. This one is, I think, maybe easily the most mixed. Maybe Obi-Wan Kenobi is on the same level, but I, I feel like Andor is even more mixed. Interesting. And that's because this is very much not 
in the realm of Star Wars. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's trying something different tonally, um, who it's picking to focus on, and just the overall kind of oppressive vibe. It's not kind of fun popcorn Star Wars, which is what I think most Star Wars fans want. So, yeah, so it's got a very, it's had a very mixed reception, including people in my own personal life who are big Star Wars fans. They've come back, they're like, oh man, like this, this new Andor show, it's, ah, I don't know, I mean, I'll watch it because it's Star Wars, but this one, I just don't know if it's for me. And I just kind of sit there and be like, oh, well, really? I No, I, I liked it. I always feel weird about expressing my opinions about stuff like that's, that. That's fair. <laughs> so the one thing that, unfortunately, you're doing is you're hyping me up. Like, you're really you're really hyping me up for the series, which is... Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's not good because that means that it could backfire. Could like I could watch the whole series and be like, wasn't for me. Like, did not live up to the hype. Um, <laughs> they, could, they tried really hard, but like... And that's... Because... Ah, I get too invested. I'm too emotional. I get I get yeah. invested with this kind of stuff, which is awful. Oh, okay, but I, I'll try to give it its fair dues, of course. Like I, I want to on your behest. But uh, and is it a serialized show or is it episodic? Oh, it's strictly serialized. Okay. Yeah, it's basically like a movie. Are you okay with that? Yeah, no, it works fantastic. Okay. It's it's if it's meant to be told in a serialized format, tell it in a serialized format. Yeah, and, and this series doesn't seem like it's going to be a long-form show. It seems like it's going to have a tight, cohesive, you know, stretch of episodes. Like, maybe, like, I think they said two or three seasons is what they're planning. So, you know, I don't have to worry about it kind of being stretched out and the kind of intense intensity dropping off because it starts to lose the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, uh, maybe the escalation? Okay. Because that's the thing about the show, too. I don't know. Maybe I should stop talking. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 um, the, uh, so when, when season two comes out, or as it's before it comes out, like it's announced and it comes out, uh, are you going to watch all of season one again to catch up? That was my concern or, or discussion with myself about whether when we should start doing the episodes. For I was like, should we wait to review that series before the new one comes out? Or should we just do it now? Well, there's still kind of hype and interest from our group of hosts here. I don't know. But it, that that will decide whether I'll be watching before the next season comes out. Of, of course. You're, you're definitely going to watch the next season. It's just like when you watch rewatch the first season. Yeah, if we decide to just jump onto recording whenever we get the chance, then, then maybe a, just two or two watches will be enough. Maybe. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but thanks for mentioning. I never even thought of this. That uh, the Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett. I don't know about Obi Wan Kenobi, but at least those first two could honestly just be Dave Filoni animated. I never thought of that. That's a really good point. Yeah, they feel like that. I do think they feel like that. That's a yeah. I never thought of that. That's good. That's good thinking on your part there. Okay, uh, to end this, yeah, that's uh, the the debate on serialized versus episodic. I think it'll I think it'll continue. I don't think we're yes. done this topic. We're not where where we are right now. Here's where I'm at. I I will look at. I'm a little more open to serialized because I was ignorant. I still think I am, um, and really didn't understand it. But uh, have seen it before, though. I have experienced serialized, so I can't not say I don't like it. It's just I think it depends on. Uh, the tone uh, and the um, the intent and um, the oh, agendas behind the scenes with a show, like a serialized show or a, a episodic show. Excuse me. Uh, so I have to be careful with, like, you know, I have to pick and choose which series I like and which series I don't like. Uh, not so, and, but also be open to them. Yeah, and of course, both mediums have their their strengths, and both of them have fantastic examples of both. My only complaint is the fact that one is kind of just completely cannibalized the other. And it's oversaturated as well, eh? Yeah, and it's I, I just wish that we would have more of a, a movement to kind of give us some more options in that regard. But I don't know, maybe, maybe in terms of streaming, maybe it just doesn't have the same place that it had on regular television. Because with shows like Star Trek, you know, they could just be in syndication for years, and they could even have packages where they don't even have the complete library and they just play them in random order. Yep. You really couldn't do that with 
<laughs> a serialized show. Like, if they did something like that with Lost, I mean, that it would just be fucked up. No one would know what was going on. <laughs> well, technically speaking, you could. If you were to do a serialized television show that was out of order, it'd probably most likely be a multiverse show. <laughs> That could work. That's the only way I could. Uh, that's the only way I could see where you're playing with the formula. I, I assume probably Rick and Morty has done that. Um, mm. Although no, that's that's more serialized or that's more episodic. Excuse me. I mean, I guess there is some serialized elements to it, but I don't even know. Maybe it's. I mean, I'm just like getting the seasons wrong. Um, yeah, and that falls into the the crossover between. Because I said you still get episodic with animated, and you still get them with comedies. I forgot so, about yeah. that. Yeah, we're not talking about we're just all animation in America is uh, is just sitcoms. That's that's all it is. Boring, boring. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's biased. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I guess we should jump into some some other animation here as we go forward. <laughs> 